Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, I am here on the line with uh, with Todd Cook, our Connections Pastor, and Andrew, our Family Pastor. Why don't you guys say hi to everyone? Hey, what's going, what's going on, guys? <laughs> a couple of us are at the offices. We're trying to keep our distance from one another, but we're enjoying community this way. Uh, like I know so many of you are, uh, whether it's in your small groups or uh, connecting with people virtually online. And so we're certainly trying to do that. Today, we're we're finishing, we're actually finishing a series that we began, well, it was over 10 weeks ago, but I think this is the 10th part of the message series. We're in the, the letter called First Thessalonians in the New Testament, and it's written by Paul and his companions, and, and they write to encourage the church, and one of the themes that's kind of been flowing throughout this series is encouragement, and if there was ever a time that we needed encouragement, it's now, and of course, uh, throughout the first uh, three chapters of the letter, Paul is really talking about how we grow and mature in our faith and produce fruit and He's just encouraging these Christians 2,000 years ago to continue um, to, uh, to do what is right and honor one another and to love one another and to continue to see fruit. Then in the fourth and fifth chapter, uh, he begins to answer questions that they had been asking. One of them, uh, which we talked about a number of weeks ago, was about the end times and like what happens to the Christians who have died? Uh, what happens to them? Uh, what happens when Jesus returns? And the Christians were facing a lot of difficulty at that time, and they were really hoping and waiting for Jesus to return and sort of fix things. And so uh, we feel all that in the midst of this COVID-19 and social you know, distancing and all of the things that are going on with the economy. Um, there's certainly room for encouragement here. And so last week, uh, we heard from Kirk, and uh, Kirk and I had a conversation where he talked about these, these phrases that Paul gives us in the fifth chapter, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. And today we're going to finish with kind of Paul's closing remarks, and he's going to say some interesting things, which is why I wanted to have Todd and Andrew on the line um, to have some conversation. Uh, why don't I read the text, and then we're, we're going to kind of dive into uh, maybe for some of you a new topic. Uh, here's what he says in chapter 5 and verse 19. Do not quench or extinguish the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what is good, and abstain from every form of evil. So this is an encouragement by Paul. He says a couple things that I, I want the three of us to dig into a little bit. And for those of you that are watching online, I'd love for you to, we're going to pose some questions and you can comment in the side section and we can have some interactions there. Uh, I'm going to be watching those as this message progresses and be able to maybe answer questions, bring clarity uh, live at the end. Uh, but here's this first idea. Do not quench the spirit. Let me ask you guys a question. Is it possible for us to extinguish the spirit of God? Todd, I know you got the answer for this one. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, I, I don't know. When I, when I think about that idea, um, that whole idea of quenching the Holy Spirit, I, I almost think about um, the song you learn in Sunday school about this little light of mine. And, and we don't want anyone to snuff it out. We don't want it to be extinguished, right? And I, I don't think that we can, I don't think anyone can say that they can completely extinguish the spirit of God. Um, do I think that we can hinder and extinguish what God wants to do in my life? 
yes, I do think that's possible. Um, can me as a father, as a husband, can I um, contribute to extinguishing that in the people around me and people I have influence with? Yes, I think I can. At the end of the day, God is sovereign. Certainly not going to be quenching um, the spirit of God as a whole, for sure. Yeah. All right. That, that makes sense. How about you, Andrew? What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking about like the idea of quenching with uh, with a fire. Like I've, I've built some uh, some pretty big fires, yeah. camping and uh, brush fires, that type of thing. And um, there's things that, that you can do to, to add to or take away from a fire pretty easily. And um, I, think, I think one of the things he's saying is, is uh, we have the power to, to influence what God is doing in our lives and in other people's lives, uh, depending, depending what we're doing with our thoughts, actions, the way that we live. And in the context of this particular passage, everything you guys have just said is, uh, I think, true. But he's going to say, don't quench the spirit of God. And, and I think the direct way he's talking about how they might have been doing that was by despising prophecies. Right. So there was something that God wanted to do or speak to the people through the church and and perhaps their rejection of what God was trying to say or do was grieving God's spirit. And of course, we know that that's possible. And so uh, we're kind of opening up a whole can of worms when we start talking about prophecy. And so I kind of wanted to ease into it. Uh, there may be some people uh, listening, people who are part of our church or people who are watching online who, who don't attend our church who would say, you know, when you hear the word prophecy, you're, you're thinking all different kinds of things. Uh, for some people, you're like, oh, that's something that, you know, should be happening in a regular you know, way at church, this people speaking on behalf of God kind of idea. Others say, well, no, I don't think prophecy exists anymore. That's kind of an Old Testament thing. Other people may be new to faith going, what the heck's prophecy? Like they're thinking, they're thinking, everyone's thinking about something different. So, so I really wanted to just ask this question of like, okay, when you hear the word prophecy, and we're going to post this question in, in the side column. When you hear the word prophecy, what comes to mind? Andrew. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm thinking about, uh, let's go to the Old Testament. Like some of the guys that, you know, just big names like Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. These are guys that um, their role as prophet really was to, <clears throat> excuse me, call out uh, the reality of what was going on in their day. And like some of it was just not okay. And they're like, hey, guys, this is not okay. Like warning, correcting. Um, but then also like, it wasn't just the negative, like, you know, when they're, when they're headed the right direction, it's like, Hey, blessing is going to come. So there's the encouragement side of it, but really like they're, they're reading the situation and then, and then predicting based on what's, what the current reality is predicting what's going to, what's going to happen in the future. That's kind of what I think of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like that predictive prophet. How about you, Todd? What are you thinking when you hear the word prophecy? Uh, I, I think for me, for sure, uh, what Andrew was saying, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I, I, I would think of that as part of it. Uh, for me, I grew up in a church where um, prophecy was something that would happen in our worship services. And it might be someone speaking a word that they feel God wants for the whole, for the whole body or the people that are there. Um, but it kind of went beyond that, too. It was that we could prophesy to each other and speaking things into each other. And, and like Andrew said, I think there's um, multiple reasons for that. I think in 1 Corinthians 14, it uh, talks about how it's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Um, and like Andrew was saying, it, it is certainly to encourage us and comfort us. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think there's another side, the whole exhorting thing. And I like what Andrew said about correction, but 
Um, I was actually thinking this morning about an example of this. Um, with everything that's happening about a week and a half ago before this whole social distancing thing got really real, um, mm -hmm. the gym I was going to closed. So Adam McEnroy, who if you don't know him, he's the strongest man in Pathway, he invited me to go to his gym. So I've always been like, this is the most intimidating thing ever, right? He's like lifting the equivalent of a small car while I'm putting my two and a half pound weights on the bar. And, uh, but as I was doing it, there was a certain point that I was doing something wrong and he was there to correct me. And it wasn't so much to say, Hey, you're doing it wrong. Like feel shame. You should be more like me. It wasn't that it was, um, Hey, you're doing it wrong. There's a better way. There's a better way. Come, come on this better way. And I kind of see prophecy as that. I, I think, I don't think prophecy would be used to condemn people. Yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, it's to encourage and because God wants something better for you. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really good. And, and I think too, and again, I'm not sure, you know, how, how people are listening to this or thinking about this, but essentially a prophet is somebody who speaks on behalf of somebody else. It's a spokesperson, right? And so in the Old Testament, there were these prophets, like uh, Andrew mentioned a few of the names, Daniel and Ezekiel and Jeremiah. These were people who spoke on behalf of God to the nation of Israel. And I think there's a, an important distinction to understand how prophecy has changed from Old Testament times to now. Specifically, uh, just big picture, just a quick overview is like, before Jesus came to the earth, the Holy Spirit was given only to a few. And so there was this process of anointing. You can hear about that in church sometimes, where the Holy Spirit would descend upon the king in a special way, on a prophet in a special way. We see this with David. He had this special relationship with God and it began with the anointing and the spirit coming upon him. The prophets, the spirit would come upon them and they would speak on behalf of God. And so what happened in the Old Testament is God would speak by his spirit through select individuals to the nation. What we have in the New Testament on the day of Pentecost, the spirit of God descends upon the church. And so all those who are, who are followers of Jesus who, who have received Christ, the Spirit of God, God's very Spirit comes to live in each of us. So just like David experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit, we can all experience that. And so there's no longer the same need for these special select individuals to be uh, telling us all what God is saying, because Jesus said the Spirit would come to live in us, to lead us, guide us, teach us, and, and, and these types of things. And so the nature of prophecy has changed a little bit, whereas I think in the Old Testament it was a spokesperson to the nation. Now I think it's very much changed to God speaking to his people, through his people, to one another for, like Todd said, encouragement. And so here's a question I wanted to kind of throw out there. Do you believe that God still speaks today? And secondly, if, that, if God does speak today, is it possible that he could speak through others to us? I guess those are the questions that I, I wanted to pose. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, guys. Think, I've been thinking about this idea of, of hearing from God. Uh, we're talking about it with uh, our student leaders in youth, like reading a book all about like how to hear God's voice. And, and uh, yeah, I do, I do think we can hear God's voice. And another, another thing I, I've, been, I've been reading a book by Mark Batterson called Whisper, How to Hear the Voice of God. And, and he talks about seven different ways that we can hear God's voice. Uh, and uh, i got them listed here. Scripture, desires, doors, dreams, people, promptings, and pain. You know, I, I think about that. Like, man, that's a lot of different ways that God is still speaking. 
Uh, I think the question isn't, is God speaking? It's, are we listening? Um, and I mean, there's, there's lots to, lots to unpack there, but that's kind of what I'm thinking about. Yeah, that's good. How about you, Todd? Yeah, I, I just think, um, for me specifically talking about is God speaking through prophecy. Yeah. Um, I think I a hundred percent believe that he does. And I, I know there's been times in my life where, you know, someone's, um, said something that over me spoke something over me and and it really it it talks a bit later about testing things but it really rang true yep um and uh there was actually uh an example of my own life where god was using me in that way and i know there there's been multiple where where i've spoken something i know it didn't come from what i knew mm-hmm. and it's kind of checked out with the other person and and uh there's one example that i've shared with a few groups i've been in um, but when I was about, I was about 17 or 18 and I remember I was really, my faith was growing leaps and bounds and, and it was really becoming my own faith. It has moved away from being my parents' faith and being my own faith. And I remember this one night in particular, I missed something that was really important to me, but I did it on purpose to spend time with God. And I remember sitting in my room and I was just reading my Bible and it was actually, it was because I was missing a hockey game that I was really excited to see. It was a team Canada game. But I was like, no, God, I'm going to give you this time. I remember reading my Bible and I was just praying. And I wasn't doing anything different or special, like different than normal. But I remember all of a sudden I just started speaking these words. And again, I could have stopped it, but it just seemed like the right thing. And and I didn't understand exactly, but I was prophesying. But I was the only person in the room. So I was like, this is kind of weird. And then um, right away, I, I actually, I was like, uh, there's this man, Rick Kirshner, who's our youth pastor, he's my mentor, and I was like, I need to tell him, because this doesn't even make sense, like it wasn't super clear uh, what it was for, and I called him, his wife answered, said he wasn't there, and I was just like, oh, just get him to call me back, and then I, I'm just feeling awkward, right, I'm like, this is weird, I'm like, hey, trying to call someone, hey, I was just speaking something in my bedroom by myself, and I'm thinking maybe you might know what this is about. And so I just left it after that. And I was just thinking, that's just weird. I shouldn't even set up, I shouldn't even call, whatever. A few days later, he called me uh, into his office and we were just, I, I would just hang out there and with him a lot. And he's like, oh, so what was that? And I started telling him and there was details of it um, that were, it was about something about an apple orchard and the fruit was ripe and you weren't sure if you were supposed to go into that orchard but the time is now and you should go. And that was kind of the gist of the message, which again, to me, I'm just like, this is just weird, right? Yeah. And uh, he's like, actually come over here. And he, he showed me an email that he had from someone and he was actually looking at doing a, a mission trip. And the main place was actually this place called the App, Apple Orchard Orphanage. And I remember in that moment to me, I was just like, that was a message that God gave me. I spoke it loud. I just wrote down the details. I didn't know what it meant. But when I shared it with him, it was one of those things. It was a building up and an encouragement to him. And for him, it was kind of a confirmation too. So um, I just think that experience alone, and I've had a couple other experiences like that, but um, so many times facts you can read and interpret and whatever, but when you experience something, it's, it's very different. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and you know, you know, when I, when I hear the word prophecy, sometimes my mind goes back to my childhood. And at different times when I was a, a child, we attended charismatic churches. 
you know, we actually attend a lot of different types of churches, but for some, for some listening, that's your background. And so when you hear the word prophecy, you think of someone giving a word in church. And so like, I remember there was this lady in our church um, many, many years ago who had like during worship or whatever, she just started to vibrate. And so everyone's like, Oh, here it comes. Like she's about to speak for God. And she would like, Oh, says the Lord. And then everything that came next was in King James English. So you knew it was from, from Jesus, you know, <laughs> she, she'd speak this word, you know, about what God wants for the church or encouragement or whatever. And we'd all be like, wow, God just spoke to us. And so for some people, that's kind of your, that's what you think of when you hear the word prophecy. And, and, you know, certainly that that's the case, certainly in a gathering, during worship, someone might sense God is saying something and speak it out. That's something that, that, that can and does happen. But over the years, I've really started to broaden my understanding because if prophecy is a person speaking on behalf of God, then I don't think it necessarily has to begin with thus says the Lord. I don't think it has to happen in a church service. Uh, there have been times where someone said something to me and maybe they didn't even recognize it, but God like used that and was speaking to me directly. And so then it really becomes, if you broaden your understanding of prophecy, that it's God speaking to you through yourself or through someone else. If you broaden it just into those simple terms, then all of a sudden it puts the ownership on, on you and me to start listening and to begin exactly what Paul says next is don't despise prophecy. Like God might be trying to speak to you. It might even be through your spouse if you're married. <laughs> If you're a parent, sometimes something your kids will say, God is like right there, right in there, just going, hey, I'm trying to get to you. And if you despise what God is trying to say through others, you're, you're in danger because he goes on to say this. He says, here's what we should do is we shouldn't despise prophecies, okay? But we should test everything. Test everything. I want to talk about that for a minute. Testing everything. He goes on to say, hold fast what is good and abstain from evil. So the idea is this. Anytime anyone is going to speak on behalf of God, first of all, it's never going to be done perfectly. Like in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, Paul says, we prophesy in part. So maybe God reveals something or shows us something. We dare, like Todd just explained, dare to speak it out to somebody. We're like, I don't even know if this makes sense or is helpful. I think this is from God. I'm not sure. And there's a good chance that part of it's from God. And part of it is just emotions or something else. And, and we have to be able to discern because we'll never prophesy perfectly this side of heaven uh we'll never do anything perfectly this side of heaven and what's unfortunate is sometimes people throw out what god might say through someone else because it doesn't come in a perfect way through a perfect package i i don't want i don't want people to hear me saying that there isn't a gift of prophecy or that there isn't a special place for it um as i'm talking about prophecy being god speaking through people very generally people might think i'm dismissing the gift of prophecy. And I just want to bring clarity to this. Like we all acknowledge there is a gift of leadership, but we all understand that when, when, when I say that everyone is called to leadership, um, that doesn't mean everyone's called to be a boss or a CEO, but it does mean that we're all leading someone, right? So we understand that we're all called to lead, even though we may not lead an organization, we not be, may, may not be in the role. And I think the same thing is true with prophecy. We may not all have the gift of prophecy. We may not all prophesy, you know, in a particular way to a group of people. And yet we're all called to speak on behalf of God at times. And that's why Paul in his letter to the Corinthians says, desire to prophesy. Everyone desire it. Uh, that God would use us to be his mouthpiece, to encourage someone. And you may never stand in front of the church and deliver a prophecy, but God may use you to speak to somebody. And you need to know that. 
So just because you may not have the gift of prophecy doesn't mean that you cannot speak on behalf of God and that God won't use you. Just like you may not be gifted in leadership, but you will lead someone. You may not be gifted in administration, but you will administrate something. And so, again, I want to just kind of bring some clarity to that so that people aren't, aren't confused with what I'm saying. Andrew, what, what can you add to this? Yeah, well, I was just thinking about my own upbringing. And, you know, I was raised uh, Baptist and Mennonite, uh, Mennonite roots. So, you know, very different probably tradition than, uh, than both of you guys. But uh, then I went off to Tyndale in Toronto and you got like 40 different denominations, the whole spectrum. And uh, I was really challenged there to, you know, to, re to realize the fact that we're all different. We all bring different spiritual gifts to the body and uh that idea of like don't despise prophecy e even even to this day I'm, I'm more hesitant when i when i hear someone uh share something and and honestly i had i had a experience last um, when was it last june at a youth rally and uh there was someone that prophesied over me uh, and and what was great was uh this person i i didn't know this person from a hole in the ground but uh but they 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 asked hey can i share this for you and can i record and then i'll send it to you so i actually have this audio recording of what they said and i wrote it down in a word doc and so i've been able to look back on it and and it's allowed me to test like is this true is this is this real and and um maybe i'll just maybe i'll just screen share it here i've got it right here um so they said some of the things you know you'll make people feel seen your family is one marked with peace uh your family is like a well that weary travelers come to find rest and i hear those things and that's deeply encouraging for me and Sonia and my family uh but as i listen to what what she said i'm like is, is this true is this just a feel-good thing you know there's music in the background but but then you look at it and it's like you know that actually that actually is true i can I can confirm that's true. And then there's other things, yeah. you know, she said like, you'll have a supernatural gift for languages. And I'm thinking to myself, like my seven year old speaks better French than I can. And I don't know where that's going, but, but maybe that's uh, an analogy. Maybe that's uh, something that'll happen in the future. Maybe that's off, but I'm going to hold on to, to what's right and what's good in this. That, so that's kind of where I went with it. Yeah, no, and that's, and that's great. And I think that's, that's exactly what should happen. That, that, that's the instruction to test everything. And I think when, when someone comes to you and says, hey, I think God is speaking this to you, the last thing you should do is just throw it out. Like, that's exactly what Paul's saying not to do. So you should take it in. You should test it. And like, I, you know, we were talking about those things you highlighted there, Andrew. Those are things that are true about your family. Those are things that should confirm God's call on your life and on your family. And so those things should be extreme encouragement. And you can take that as coming from God. And you know, some of those other things, you kind of have to test them and go, well, maybe let's see, or maybe we'll just kind of leave that aside and that's okay, you know? Yeah. Someone came and prophesied to you, Andrew, you're moving on to a new career, you know? It's definitely not from Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, but, but we test it and we, we listen to it and we absorb it and we, and we look at it. And that's, and that's the, the thing. And that is kind of the purpose of prophecy in the New Testament. It should confirm things that God is already speaking. Because here's the thing, where I've seen people get off track with this. Um, is when Christians begin looking to prophecy for direction. Like the way they did in the Old Testament, where the king would go to the prophet and say, what does the Lord want me to do? And the prophet would tell him, we, each of us is led by God's spirit within us. 
We're not to be looking to others say, hey, Andrew, you prophesy to tell me what I should do, what decision, what career I should have. That, that's not the model in the New Testament at all. And so people sometimes then come to others and say, you prophesy over me and tell me what God wants for my life. And, and that's super, super dangerous uh, because then, of course, we already said they're not going to prophesy perfectly. So now you're going to have imperfect direction that you're following for your life and it can be absolutely disastrous. So test everything, hold what is good, throw out what isn't. And I think that's, that's just true in general that we should, as mature Christians, one of the things we do is we embrace what is good and we throw out what isn't. And that means if you're listening to a sermon, maybe someone's listening to this and going, I agree with some of that, but there's this thing I don't agree with. Don't throw it all out. There's wisdom here. So embrace what is good, set aside things you're not sure about or something, but that's that discernment process that I think growing to spiritual maturity, you grow in discernment and that's a huge, huge piece. Todd, I'd, I'd love to hear from you um, yeah. as well. No, I, I, I think that's, uh, again, growing up in a church where prophecy was a, a regular thing. Uh, that happened in the church and it was taught on and 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 it happened in other groups when you're praying for each other i i remember this one time um that we were actually at a church service and carolyn and i were dating and someone there was actually a minister that came to town and he actually called us out of a crowd and prophesied a bunch of stuff over us about our life and um like a lot of details about our life mm -hmm. and i look back at that now and I'm so thankful that there was people around me to help me test that. Because uh, you can certainly test it from scripture. Like if someone prophesies over you that God loves you and has a plan for you, you, you know that's right. You know that's good, right? You can read in the scripture and see that that's good. Yeah. Um, but I think it's good to have wise um, counsel around you and to ask people about these things. Because I remember there were certain things said. Um, I have a similar recording of it was quite long. Um, but a lot of it contains our call to ministry, um, not just like official status ministry, but our call as a couple to minister to other people was in that. And it, and it was true. And, and it's happened and is happening right now. And there's parts of it that haven't. And there was other parts that were probably a little bit off. But I'm just thankful we saw that as I think we were like 19 at the time when this happened. But we were able to see this because we had godly people around us to, that were older and had wisdom and knew the scriptures that could actually advise us and help us see what was the good and maybe what was the stuff that we should kind of let slide. And yeah. I don't know, just another example of why Christian community is so important. Thanks, Todd. Um, I want to just look at the next little section of verses. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but he says this in verse 23, after saying, don't despise prophecy, test everything keep what is good, throw away what isn't. He says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you, which means to set you apart, to purify you uh, completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body, every facet of who you are, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. That when Jesus returns to get us, we're ready, we're mature, we're developing, we're growing in our faith. And then he says this, he who calls you is faithful and he will surely do it. There's this, we started at the beginning by saying, can we extinguish what God wants to do, yes, there's elements of that. We can extinguish what God wants to do in our lives. We cannot obviously stop his sovereign plan. But Paul reminds us here at the end that God will accomplish his purpose, that he is faithful, that he will surely do it. I think at this time, what's going on in the world around us, we need to be reminded that God is faithful, that he hasn't fallen off his throne in spite of everything that's going on in the world. 
And I also think that if there ever was a time, you know, we're talking about prophecy, you're like, what does this have to do with this whole situation? But, you know, if there was ever a time that we needed to be encouraged, and if there was ever a time that we needed to hear God speaking through our friends, our family, our loved ones, you know, whether God can speak to us through a Zoom call, I think he can. And if there was ever a time for us to be open, to have our ears and eyes open to say, what is God saying to me? And what is he trying to encourage me with? Now's the time. And so it is an appropriate conversation to have. Um, so before I, I read the closing, I'd like to just kind of hear some closing thoughts from, from Andrew and Todd. Maybe Andrew, you go first. Yeah, like you say, Nate, I, it really is a time to, to be encouraging each other. What's, uh, what's really encouraging and stands out for me from, from verse 23 is the God of peace. Uh, he, he is that God that, no matter what's going on, uh, he, he, you know, the things that are outside of our control are, are in his control. You know, I, I've been thinking about, there's a lot of, lot of tough things that we're all facing. Um, and yet this is also strangely an opportunity uh, to lean into to God's voice in a way that we haven't before. Um, to lean into how he wants us to grow personally. Uh, to grow in like love for the people around us, but b b in a creative way, um, you know, there's just lots of ways that we can be growing. And, but in the end, like God is, God's taking care of us. Yeah. Um, for me, the other, the other piece to that is the very next verse says, brethren pray for us. And, and I love, I love this, this whole thought because yes, God is in control and yes, we can have peace in that. But even Paul, through all the things he goes through, he knows that truth. He knows that truth. It's, it's obvious this is something he knows to the core of his being. But he's still asking people to pray for him. And, and I think that's okay. And I think um, the whole idea that we're just like, oh, God's in control. So I'm just going to I just sit here and do nothing. We understand that God is in control. We understand that piece. Um, but still acknowledging, like, Please pray for us. We we still need help in the everyday because there's going to be moments that even though we, we yeah pray yeah, for us yeah we read this and we're like I know he's in control we're not going to feel like we're going to feel like everything is out of control so I think that's an important piece recognizing God's sovereignty but also saying God but please help me and be okay to go to someone else and say I'm not okay can you please pray for me I think that's a really important part of this. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a that's a good word and a good place to finish because honestly, you know, a lot of people in our church are saying, how can I help? And we've put up a page on our website, um, opportunities to ask for help and, and to offer to help. So we're trying to connect people together. But one of the things you can absolutely do in social isolation and distancing and all of that is pray. And if Paul thought it was important enough for him to be prayed for, uh, I think all of us need to need to acknowledge that we need prayer and we need to be praying for one another. So that's a great word. I'll finish the text. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. Not going to get into that this morning. Uh, <laughs> Especially not with COVID-19. No, no. Uh, I put you under an oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus be, be with you. And um, uh, if there's time, I'm going to try to answer a few questions in the column as we as we close. But thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Todd, for... Uh, for for speaking with me today and for diving into this, um, this has been good. It's been rich. So thank you. Great, awesome. Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe.
See you next week.